Hello, my name is Brian Martin. Welcome to last spring's Peru study service term convo. I understand that most of you probably did not even realize that Peru is an SST country, let alone what it is like being on SST there. So we wanted to fill you in on what our experiences was like. During the spring of 2009, the people you see here, along with a few others, lived in the South American country of Peru, learning the language, culture, and history. We also spent a significant amount of time working in areas that needed volunteer work. Finally, we all also became totally immersed in the foreign culture and had to learn new ways of relating to people, each other, and ourselves. Peru is located in South America and is bordered by Ecuador, Colombia, Brazil, Bolivia, Chile, and the Pacific Ocean. The country consists of very extreme geographical areas with arid desert coast, the Andes Mountains running down the middle, and the massive Amazon rainforest in the east. The primary language spoken is Spanish with a significant amount of indigenous people speaking their own languages, most commonly Quechua. Our group spent the first half of the semester living, in, living with primarily Spanish-speaking families in Lima, the capital, where we took classes on language and attended lectures on culture and history. Here we also spent time visiting significant places in the city and nearby areas. Some of the highlights of these trips included doing traditional African-Peruvian dance, which involved trying to light each other's rear ends on fire, swimming with hundreds of sea lions, and visiting an erotic pottery museum. After six weeks of our time in Lima, we traveled to the Andes Mountains to see Machu Picchu and various other Incan ruins for about a week. Finally, we all split up and worked in service locations throughout the country. Some of these assignments included teaching English, fixing up earth earthquake damage, working in an orphanage, doing physical therapy, and observing in a guinea pig farm. For our convo, you will all get to listen to some of our stories from service, we will have an original poem and an original song, even some traditional music and dancing. I hope you enjoy. While in Lima, um, Emily and Kristen and I learned the Peruvian National Anthem, which we sang for a going away party for our host families, and we would like to sing it for you now.
Hi, I'm Luke Woodworth. For my service assignment, I went by myself to a brand new service location um, in the second largest city of Peru called Arequipa, and I worked for an organization called Casa Verde. Casa Verde was founded by a German man and his Peruvian wife in the city of Arequipa. Casa Verde is a foster home for children who have been victims of physical, sexual abuse, abandonment, malnourishment, and extreme poverty. I had the privilege to spend six weeks there as a volunteer in the three foster homes that they operate. I spent most of my time in the home for younger children, ages five to 12, but I occasionally helped out in the adolescent home for boys called Trampolin Barones. I learned quickly that volunteers at Casa Verde work a lot of hours and are as important to the organization as all the regular staff members. During my time there, I worked about seven to eight hour days, six days a week. This was a lot of time at first, but once I got to know the kids and the workers, the time I spent there seemed to fly by. I did all sorts of tasks, basically whatever they told me to do, I did. I started off by being a babysitter of sorts, though I really had no authority and no way to communicate with the kids. Other tasks I did included preparing food, painting, separating groceries, helping children with homework, especially English, and I even cut some kids' hair once in a while. Those were some of my basic tasks that I became very accustomed to by the end of service, but when I arrived at Casa Verde, my feelings were very different. Here's an excerpt from a journal I wrote at the beginning of my service experience. The first day I felt very much out of my element as the children got wild immediately after another adult left the room and I was left silent and helpless. I never knew what to say or if I should even say anything. I often asked myself, what do I have to offer these kids and this organization? How can my life experience have any relevance to the situation that these children grew up in? I mulled over this question the rest of that night. The next day, as I returned to Casa Verde, all of the kids ran up and hugged me, and in doing so, completely rejuvenated my spirits. I played with and got to know a lot of the kids that day and felt much better about the rest of my time here. I felt like I grew a lot that day in comfort with the kids and belief in my ability to, if nothing else, be a friend for these kids. It really blew me away how quick these kids are to show their affection and how respectful they can be to those who are in charge. On second thought, I guess it really isn't that surprising how affectionate these kids were since they don't have people to love and reciprocate that love like I have always had with my family. It is sad to think about the situation that these kids come from and it really tears at you because none of these kids deserve what they have been dealt. I guess that is what keeps the people who work for this organization going. The fact that they know these kids will always be happy to see them and maybe they can bring a smile to their faces and in the end help these kids to break free of the cycle that they were born into. By the end of my service assignment, I felt like a part of the Casa Verde family, and I felt as though I had really accomplished something in my time there. I'm so thankful that I had the opportunity to go on service alone and to a brand new service location because it forced me to grow in so many ways. I sometimes forget about some of the things that happened to me on SST and my service assignment, but some of the things I will never forget are the stories of those children and some of the little things that happened every day where I connected with them. I will never forget the most loving, ornery, and feisty child I've ever met named Karina, or the way she would run and jump into my arms, or the story of her older sister Maria, or her younger brother Jesus, who came to Casa Verde as malnourished and abused children. I will never forget the numbers of the toothbrushes of all the children on which I was quizzed after every meal, or the scolding I would take from the 12-year-old matriarch of the bunch, Marisol, if I got them wrong. It is these memories that make SST special, and make me feel especially fortunate to have had the opportunity that I had. Thanks.
Hello, I'm Daniel Flexberg. An integral part of the SST experience is learning a new language and being immersed in that language in a culture where most people don't understand your native language. And unless you're already fairly fluent in Spanish, you're struggling to understand what people are saying to you, struggling to communicate just basic needs. And so it can be a fairly stressful environment at times, but it's also a time of growth, a time of being challenged, a time of really getting to appreciate what it means to be in another culture and to learn that language. So I wrote a poem my second week in Lima when I was feeling really frustrated with this experience, but also feeling those sentiments of hope that I am able to communicate and that I am able to learn and experience even though it's only a limited part. So I would like to read that poem to you. Uh, I've entitled it Lenguas and it's both in Spanish and in English in order to convey that sort of bilingual situation that SST is. And I've provided an English translation up on the PowerPoint uh, for your convenience for those of you who don't speak Spanish. I try to speak. Open la boca and let the castellano flow forth. Pero no recuerdo las palabras. I stammer and strain my memory, trying to recall those distant classes with Don Rafael as mi hermano interjects English words trying to help. Mi mamá charla muy rápido. I smile and nod. Pero siento como que no entiendo nada. She asks me a question. It takes three tries for me to understand. Last night, it was so easy. Hablamos sobre nuestras familias una hora o más. I understood so well, felt like my ears were finally tuning in. But words evade me now. It is all lost to me, a murmur over the traffic. Me siento como un niño, or maybe a fool, for thinking, puedo hablar en castellano. Is this what Babel felt like? as their words flowed past each other like floodwaters, when Yahweh scattered humankind sobre toda la tierra, yet perhaps we can rebuild our shattered tongues, open our ears, esperando un nuevo día de Pentecost, Hello, I'm Ross Weaver, and uh, I'll be talking about my service experience. Uh, for my service, I went uh, into the heart of the Andes to a village called uh, Tarica, uh, which is primary, primarily, hey, hey. <laughs> uh, sorry, which is, which is a, uh, 
yeah, in um, an indigenous community of about a thousand people. I was working with an NGO named World Vision. Uh, they help the children. Um, and yes, my, I was assigned to the, to the education department uh, to create some teaching materials for uh, um, indigenous parents. Um, yeah, that lasted a few days, and then they were out of work for me. So they sent me out on their birthday party crew, with their birthday party crew, uh, which um, during the month of uh, February and March each year would go around to all the villages in their, the district and um, throw a birthday party for all the kids in the village and take information of the children from the parents uh, to relay to their uh, parents' sponsors in the United States or um, Canada. However, uh, when, I, uh, when, when we arrived in these uh, extremely rural communities, um, they didn't really have any work for me to do. So I was kind of left with um, menial tasks, um, like child care, um, and, and yeah, so I, and I was mostly just, you know, I kind of hang out during the birthday party, sometimes dressing up as an animal um, and dancing a little bit. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's actually a little, and that's a little uh, celebration going on that they have during Carnival, which is in February and March, and it's called a Yunsa. It involves um, going to the woods with, with some uh, guys playing drums and flutes, and then you decide what tree you want to chop down. You chop it down, hook up some ropes to it, and have the village drag it back to a spot they choose. They dig a hole, put the tree back up, except they fill it with like gifts and food and fruit and stuff, and then uh, dance around it um, and swing an axe at it until they chop it down and then kind of swarm it and like pick it clean. Uh, so it's pretty, uh, pretty festive. Um, Yeah, so, so, you know, dressing as a sheep sometimes. Um, also, well, and this is, I think our theme is about learning, I was told. Um, so I'm going to talk about some learning experiences. One was um, uh, learning about the uh, unknown expanses of my stomach and how many potatoes and guinea pig legs I could fit in there, um, which is the traditional, like, birthday party food. So we got a lot of that. Um, yeah, so, uh, so also learned uh, proving way to party, um, which this is one of the bands I was, was talking about, um, playing some traditional music, which we'll get to a little bit later. Hung out with some clowns, um, and, um, and yes, and, and dan danced, around the, danced around the tree. And, and this was a pretty, pretty important um, part of service for me because uh, this is one way that I felt like I could engage with the culture uh, and show the people that I, I valued them and, um, and yes, and, and their culture. And so I just, just by dancing with them, I was able to connect with the people in a way that, that I don't think I would have been able to do other, otherwise. So um, yeah, we're going to have a, do a little traditional music right now. Can I get some help? Oh, 
My name is Marissa Dooley, and I'll be sharing a song that I wrote um, in Lima. It talks about, it's entirely in Spanish, and first it talks about kind of being resistant to Spanish classes and not really wanting to wake up in the mornings and school, things like that. And then it kind of talks about gaining a deeper respect through family activities and out-of-class experiences. And then finally, about learning to respect the culture and being thankful for the classes and the cultural experiences in general. So I hope you enjoy. Es un nuevo día, pero no quiero levantarme. A venir a Arequipa este muy lejos hoy Y no hice mi tarea, me duele la cabeza Y el cobrador tiene una voz alta hoy Pero está bien, iré Necesito aprender más para luego Quiero conversar contigo y tus amigos Quiero conversar contigo y tus amigos Es un día bonito, así vamos a la playa O vamos a un menú y un museo Lo siento pero no entiendo las palabras en el muro Puedes explicar para mí, puedes explicar para mí, pero está bien, iré. Necesito aprender más para luego. Quiero conversar contigo y tus amigos. Quiero conversar contigo y tus amigos. Buenos días, maestro y maestra. Tengo mi nueva palabra, pero clases terminaron ayer. ¿Dónde está mi cabeza? No puedo enfocar, pero sé que las lecciones son importantes. Gracias por todos. Por las reglas y las palabras, por las llaves a lengua de castellano. Y espero que hablemos, espero que hablemos, espero que hablemos en el futuro en la forma presente regular. 
I'm Krista Graber, and for service, I was placed in Chulucanas, a small town in Piura, which is in the northern coastal region of Peru. I worked in a small community-based rehabilitation center that was part of the church I attended with my host family. It included physical therapy and tutoring, and was also starting to have a psychologist come regularly. The whole place was run by volunteers from the church. A main part of my job was working with Myra, one of the volunteers, going around to houses to work one-on-one -on -one with children that couldn't come into the center. Through this, I got to know four different children, each with his or her own special needs, and I learned different things from each experience. My most challenging experience was with a girl named Ava. She was a 16-year-old girl with severe mental retardation. But her parents were under the impression that, since she chased after boys in the street like any other adolescent girl, she should also be able to do things around the house. In reality, her brain development was more like that of a three or four-year-old, and you wouldn't expect a four-year-old to wash dishes. Another thing that made this difficult was the fact that while we were working with Ava, her mother would sit in the corner shaking her head at us. I had the impression that her home life was not all that happy, she also had three younger siblings, and her parents had paid more attention to them than they had to her. Most of our time was spent with Ava gazing happily into our faces because she was so excited to be receiving attention. We did make some progress with her, although I'm not sure how her family would think it was. By the time, she left, by the time I left, she could make a sweeping motion with a broom, but she didn't have the concept of gathering the dust all together in one place to be taken outside. My favorite girl to visit was named Estefany. In contrast to Ava, she had two older sisters who took very good care of her, and it was touching to see this on our visits. We were able to visit, to they were able to help us work with her, and I felt more assured that they would continue to do this throughout the week when we weren't there. I was trying to teach Stephanie to eat and drink by herself. This was a challenge because she would scoop up the food with her fork and then fling it over her shoulder. We eventually realized that we would make better progress with foods she could stab with the fork to keep her from throwing the food so that she would learn why she should put the fork in her mouth after filling it with food. We also accomplished teaching her to drink through a straw as this was easier than tipping a glass to drink from. It was really exciting the day she finally caught on and sat there happily slurping the juice through the straw. The center provided a place to share stories of small accomplishments such as these and also for a place to bring your ch child for treatment but it was more than that as well. Myra told me that in their culture, having a child with a disability is seen much like it was in the Bible, as the sin of the parents. In Peruvian culture, it was perfectly acceptable to shout gringa after me in the street, but within their culture, it was upsetting to parents to have comments made about their children. The center created a community of families that needed support and could give support to others who faced similar difficulties. In my short time there, I learned to appreciate the special abilities each child had, even if it was a small thing like being able to smile at you and make you feel like it made their day to see you. I was touched by the families that made every effort to give their child every opportunity possible and held on to that hope despite unexpected challenges. Hi, I'm, I'm Ruben Sankin. Uh, there are many things that I look forward to before going on SST. I was excited about creating relationships with Peruvians, developing friendships with my fellow uh, Goshen College students in my unit, and experiencing the sights, tastes, and smells of living in Peru. Along with these, I hoped SST could be a time when I could 
continue to develop and explore my faith. I, I really enjoyed the first six weeks of study in Lima, but I didn't have an outlet for my spiritual growth. I attended mass with my host family, but I never really felt connected to that community. It was on my service assignment that I had my deepest religious experiences on SST. Five other Goshen students and I had our service assignment in Chibote, which is a large coastal city that struggles with extreme poverty, violence, and drug and alcohol abuse. I primarily volunteered at the, drag, the Matt Talbot drug, Re drug Rehabilitation Center because I was told it had ministry opportunities. Uh, working at this place turned into a face-nourishing experience. The drug center's pastor, Elvis, was a great inspiration to me. He was filled with so much joy and was a living testimony for how Jesus can revolutionize a life. Years ago, he had struggled with a drug addiction. It was, a, it was through an intimate relationship with Christ uh, that really helped him beat this addiction. Uh, we talked extensively every day I was at the center. He knew a little English and I knew a little Spanish, so together we could communicate decently. Uh, we had surprisingly deep theological conversations about callings and our frustrations with the churches in our countries. These turned out to be some of my most favorite moments there. Elvis gave a, at least three sermons a week at the center, which were at least an hour. Uh, on the first day I worked, Elvis told me to prepare a sermon to give to the guys uh, at the center the following day, so he said I could practice my Spanish. Um, this was a little intimidating, uh, but I'd brought a bilingual Bible, so at least I could uh, find a Bible verse and understand what uh, I was reading. Uh, I wondered what kind of sermon I could possibly give with my limited Spanish. I decided to tell a very simplified and brief sermon about my faith journey. It turned out to be only about 30 seconds. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was very affirming. Um, uh, this experience had a great effect on me. I could cross the language barrier and share my faith with people. Elvis afterwards gave his usual hour sermon, most of which I didn't understand. Uh, but I felt supported because several times I could tell he was talking about, talking about me and my sermon. That went well, so I was asked by Elvis to speak another time. As time wore on, I became close to the people at the drug center. The Matt Talbot Center, strangely enough, became my faith community in Peru. The Rehabilitation Center is probably the most honest community I've been a part of because the participants' issues were out there in the open. I never knew I would find my faith community in Peru among recovering alcoholics and drug addicts. I guess you never know where Jesus will take us in life, but I'm thankful for his unexpected blessings. Well, um, that's about all for our, our convo. Um, Thanks for coming. You're now dismissed.